Welcome to the climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. We want you to win. This podcast exists because we want to share all of our 2020 hindsight with you, get you on the right track so that you can avoid some of the pitfalls and potholes that get in every artist's way and bring your music to the world, get your songs out there, get them cut. Uh, it's, we're so adamant about this. We're so passionate about this podcast. We had to come up with the right name and our wordsmith, Mr. Brent Baxter, came up with The Climb, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. See what he did there? See what he did? That was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Uh, don't make me... Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I want to introduce you to this other voice here, my co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Annabellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And Brent helps songwriters turn pro by teaching the art, the craft, and the business of songwriting. And you can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. Hey, and I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. It's an innovative artist development company. They help you find your sound, and they help you find your audience. Not only do they develop and improve your artistry, they also grow and monetize your fan base, creating cash flow. Cha-ching. Daredevil, here we go. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S, and why is there no S? As we know, ladies and gentlemen, there's only one, Johnny D. <laughs> I still don't. I just don't know what to do with that. Uh, how you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm, I'm working on my Ed McMahon. So one of these days. All right, there you go. I like that. We're gonna do one of these live, and Hey-o. I'm gonna do that. And you're gonna come walking out of a curtain. <laughs> hey oh. <laughs> well, hey, uh, we've got a couple more reviews that we want to share with our listeners, and I think you're gonna go first, right, brother? I am going to go first because this is a Johnny episode, so you're going to do most of the talking, so I'm going to get my part out the way. Thank All you. right. Uh, this is a, a very nice five-star review. Thank you. From Aaron McMusic. And it says, uh, the title is, A Must Listen for All Musicians Who Are Serious About Their Music Career. It says, I like to think of the weekly podcast that I hear of Johnny Dwinell and Brent Baxter as my weekly pep talk. You guys give it. Uh, these guys give it to you straight. They have amazing insight on the workings of today's music industry with tips, suggestions, value, insight, and real talk. I love how honest and straight to the point these guys are, and I thoroughly enjoy listening every week. Thank you. There are times when I listen to it and realize I'm on the right path and doing something right, and then other times where I listen and realize something I need to alter, change, or add to my music career. These guys really lay out the importance of treating your music career like a business and how you can make it in this crazy industry in this day and age. Listen, listen, listen. Thanks so much, guys. Wow, thank you, Aaron McMusic. Yes, that is McMusic to my ears. That is McMusic to my ears, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's great to hear that kind of stuff. Let us know we're on the right path. That's right. That makes me McFreaking happy. (laughs) I'm McLovin' it. I'm McLovin' it. Um, Okay, so this is from Laura D. Love. Laura D. Love. You got to love a name like that, right? Mm. Laura D. Love. I listen to Stop Ruining Facebook, Managing Expectations, and the most important story is the one you tell yourself today, and they're full of great info. 
not just for my songwriting hobby, for now, but full of valuable info for my career as as an author. Time to start treating yourself. Try to time to start treating it as such. Thank you. Well, thank you, Lord D. Love. We appreciate that. It's a five-star review. And the title on that review, by the way, is uh, Great Info for All Creative Artists. So I like that. That's that's awesome. So and and two of those episodes she mentions were Johnny episodes. Hey. Just point that out. Uh, thank you. I got one in there. She only mentioned three though, so I think if she would have mentioned four, she'd have come back around to you. It's okay. The <laughs> Operating Facebook is our most downloaded episode and that was mine so that's there we go that evens out that's that's true and that's and he says that because it bothers me <laughs> we've had so i mean there's a healthy competition here i'm not gonna lie <laughs> we have a friendly competition about what whose episodes get the most downloads and so far there are a lot of people there was a hot button i was, was leading forever i was leading forever and then forever. then stop rooting facebook blew me like it didn't just like beat it, it like obliterated my record. So, and that's all thanks to you guys. So yeah, thank you very yeah. much. So thanks, yeah, thanks a lot. No, I still a lot of I just hey man, Facebook, it's a thing. Even when I lose, I win. So today we're gonna get into um, controlling your destiny. I think that um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually tell you a story. This is a real accounting of uh, one of my favorite bands actually that never got any traction in the United States they're they're an arena act in in Europe but they're practically unknown in the United States and it was because of marketing and it was out of their control and the point that I'm going to make and I'm going to come back around to this at the end of the podcast is that this is now preventable and so for those of you out there who are like I just want to you know, cut a demo and get a record deal and just let them take care of everything. Those days are over. And by the way, if the record industry was still pumping on all cylinders, like it was 25 or 30 years ago, and you had available to you the tools and the procedures and the ability to drive, to, to, to be in the driver's seat like you do right now, you don't want anybody else taking control over this. You want to be in control of it. So that's the point that I want to get you crossed. And, and we're going to dig into this. But, but so this is about controlling your own destiny here, okay? I mean, would you prefer to control your own destiny or let somebody that you don't know control it for you just because in one meeting they said, man, you're great. Like, we love your music, you know? Um, this amazing, I'm gonna, the story I'm going to tell you about is, is, is a killer artist. They had all the right elements. They had the right team. They had a killer debut record with a hit producer, um, a, you know, a, a, a decent record deal. And they did everything in their power, I believe, to, to do it right. This wasn't a story of... You know, Self-destruction. The, yeah, or... it's, it's not that. These guys were firing on all cylinders, and they were pretty smart dudes, I think. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know them personally. Um, I am one degree of separation away from them, but um, I mean, just last week I was listening to the records again. They're killer. But outside forces impacted their destiny, and and it changed how they're perceived in this country significantly. And it just doesn't have to happen to any other artist like that anymore. So you have more control over your destiny than ever before, but you have to, number one, realize it. You have to take ownership of it and responsibility of it and begin controlling it and and make those your goals rather than, I just need somebody who loves me enough to do it for me because Mm -hmm. it it can be a mess. Um, 
The band that I'm talking about is a band called the Dan Reed Network. You ever hear those guys, Brent? No, I don't think I've ever heard of them. Do you stream at all? Do you, do you stream on Amazon or... or um... Yeah, I, yeah, some Amazon music, some Spotify, some okay. of that stuff. Yeah, or Spotify, yeah, okay. So so check them out, man. Check out the Dan Reed Network. It's, it's, it's Reed, this, R-E-E-D or R-E-I-D? Uh, R-E-E-D, the Dan Reed Network. Um, mm. And unless you're European, and we have a bunch of European listeners, you're probably like, who the hell are they? Okay. Well, let me say to all our European listeners, good day, mate. <laughs> That's... <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> we'll just let that one sit. You know, that was intentional. Um, so the Dan Reed Network was like a fresh breath of air for the hair band era. Okay. And obviously that's where I came from. But they were a unique, interesting mix of uh, like Prince meets Bon Jovi with killer Steven Tyler falsetto screams. Like, wow, yeah, you know, just super. Okay, I'm in. Super awesome. Okay. Uh, and they had a, a hairband image with an 80s rock appeal, but they were funky, man, with really, really good songs. <laughs> and what's interesting about this band, and I really recommend, like, you know, you know, listen to some of these records because they, they, they still stand up. <laughs> they were diverse musically and ethnically within the band. So this group was just so interesting. Uh, that all, all total, the group was descended from... Uh, these different ancestries, German, Hawaiian, Native American, African American, Japanese American, Jamaican, Italian American, and Jewish. Awesome. Right? I mean, uh, and, and obviously a few of the guys had mixes of those in there. That's not like 20 mm-hmm. guys in the band. I mean, it's there's, there's uh, five guys. <laughs> but, Some guys pulling double duty. Yeah. <laughs> so they... Um, they were a Mercury Records major label artist, and they had big-time management, a hit producer, a major label budget, and a killer record. But they never caught on in America, and they're, they're American. They're from the Portland area, the Northwest mm-hmm. Portland area. So what happened? Why didn't they fulfill their destiny? A marketing fail is what happened, and in this case, it wasn't their fault. They're, uh, the thing is, there are a million stories out there. Brent, when we start digging into this, I mean— Please, like you, you probably know 20 people with the same kind of story about what happened, you know, and um, this is is a huge issue for me because I see the future and I see some, you know, I've had some artists that have graduated up to more major sort of, you know, they're, they're knocking on the major label doors with all this big team around them of people who do it the old way. And Mm -hmm. I worry for them because you know what they don't have right now? They don't have an audience. They have all the talent in the world to get those people as intoxicated as they are about the artist and and they mm-hmm. should be that intoxicated about the artist it's great but because they don't have the um the audience like i worry about all like what happened over at wheelhouse brent to all the artists who got signed because they had this amazing talent they had great songs but they didn't have an audience when granger smith came oh yeah you know everybody got put on hold right yeah and so so here's this story. This is a pretty crazy story. So first off, by the way, the band put out a self-released EP in 1986, which which they got spins on on their local radio station with Portland Z100, and uh, that's how they got the label attention. So they weren't just waiting around mm-hmm. on the couch, you know, pulling on the bong, waiting for the door to knock, and for you know, <laughs> for freaking the, Scott Bruschetta to be there, like going, "Hey, man, I heard right. you guys were great from a friend of a friend, and I want to give but you a deal." Fairy record princess, <laughs> just to right. come flitting through the window at night and leave a 
record deal under their pillow. Exactly right. No, they went out and they did something and they got some attention. They had something that was pretty incredible and they didn't wait for the label to discover them. They made themselves discoverable Mm -hmm. and the label's called down. I'm going to say that one more time. They did not wait for the label to discover them. They made themselves discoverable. And this was in 1986, before Twitter, before YouTube, before Instagram, before Facebook. They made themselves discoverable, okay? And they were creating their own destiny. And then the Dan Reed Network uh, formed a management relationship uh, shortly after that with big-time promoter icon Bill Graham. And if you're not familiar with the name Bill Graham, he was instrumental in the careers of the Grateful Dead, the Allman Brothers, who are close to my heart, uh, Janis Joplin. He, he at one point owned the Fillmore West. And uh, if, if, if you know the Allman Brothers, and, well, and the Fillmore East too, by the way, but that's a, one of the most iconic Allman Brothers records is a live show from that club. Bill owned that. And he loved the Dan Reed Network. And so he was all about it. And... Um, because of the number one single on their local radio station, they garnered interest from Derek Shulman from Polygram, who signed uh, these little baby bands you might have heard of, Cinderella, Bon Jovi. Uh, he had been around the block, and mm-hmm. they got a deal on Mercury Records, which is a division of Polygram. And in the winter of 1987, Dan Reed Network released their debut record, which was produced by Bruce Fairbairn, who did... Uh, bon Jovi's New Jersey and Slippery When Wet. He did all the 1980s Aerosmith records, Pump, mm. Permanent Vacation. Um, I can't remember the, the one after Pump was called, but uh, he did those. I mean, the dude was all over it. it doing all right, yeah. Yeah, he, he, super, super sharp. And I, I mean, just a killer, killer record. Even if you don't dig the style on this, I mean, check it out and listen to it because you'll see it's quality. It's different. It's unique. And it had a lot. And clearly, uh, because of what they had going on in Europe, and by the mm-hmm. way, they're still out there today. In fact, one of my friends is like playing with Dan Reed, like I think this month in an acoustic show or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, they, they were huge in Europe and they should have been huge here, but they weren't because of what we're going to talk about. So everything's coming up roses for Dan Reed Network, right? They've got the major label. They've got the killer producer. They've got the different sound. They've got an iconic manager. They've got, mm-hmm. they produced the record and it all went, it's all right there. Everything's the golden ticket. The golden ticket, golden right? Ticket. Everything that everybody, mm-hmm. if I just meet that one guy. Everything's coming up Willy Wonka. Everything's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, so they're, here's the problem. Their Mercury, and the solution, by the way, <laughs> to a degree. Their mm-hmm. Mercury Records label mates, Def Leppard. Mm. 1987. They finally released in 1987, Hysteria. Now, in 1983, Pyromania came out. Mm-hmm. It took them all the way through the tour, and uh, you know, 1984, the drummer lost his arm, and mm-hmm. uh, which we you know, talked about. Yeah, yeah we, we talked about that. Like all, and and then they so three. It, this record was three years overdue, and it finally came out. In it came out um, right before Dan Reed Network. So this was this was this record hysteria. It was the follow up to the 10 million plus selling Pyromania. And obviously, the label had huge expectations on the sales for Hysteria. And uh, if you think about this, and this is uh, huge, but that record, uh, 
if we're, you know, the record labels were grossing pretty much around 30 bucks a record back in the day. That's what it would be worth in today's dollars. Okay. And we can wow. surmise that uh, the, if the labels are getting around 50%, uh, you know, of the, they sold a CD for 16 bucks, they were getting probably eight ish mm-hmm. for that because the, obviously the distributors had to make money, the record stores had to make money. Um, so they, they were making 15 bucks a record. And that was, 150 million freaking dollars, not including publishing revenue on Pyromania that they made. Big bucks, right? Big bucks, yeah. But Hysteria was plagued by delays, massively over budget. The drummer, we said, lost his arm. The band um, was over the tedious production process with Mutt Lang and in, in, that they endured on Pyromania, and they chose Jim Steinman. Um, Meatloaf. Who, who, yeah, he, he wrote and, mm-hmm. and was credited for Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell, and they chose him to produce Hysteria. And Steinman's approach was to record like a raw rock sound that was a, diff, that was a huge departure from the polished pop metal sound of Pyromania, which was a breakthrough record. Like that mm. was like, we were used to that sound now, but you got to realize that was the one that was the first one where everybody, I mean, Metallica's black record wouldn't have been Metallica's black record without Pyromania. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that was the one that was like blew everybody's minds. And once the band realized that this was going the wrong way, they sacked Simon, but they still had to pay his $2 million production fee. And, uh, you know, I think Joe Elliott was quoted as saying something like Todd Rundgren produced Bad Out of Hell. Jim Steinman wrote it. Like, 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 <laughs> and how, you know, in other words, like how he got into our camp as a producer is beyond me. But they reinstated Mutt Lang. They got to work on a record. They scrapped everything that they had previously recorded. And it was going to take a while because it was Mutt Lang. So by the release of Hysteria, this is a fact. Def Leppard had to sell 5 million copies break even. Ouch. So their take, the record label take on that, they're in the whole $75 million freaking dollars on this record <laughs> and freaking out, right? Now, yeah. keep in mind, record labels, big record labels back then, I mean, we this sounds like a lot of money, but only 10% of their artists ever made any money on any given record label. Mm-hmm. So when your biggie, which is supposed to be even bigger, goes that far deep in the hole, People are getting fired. Stuff is on the line. Stock prices are changing. Like, this is a big, big, big deal, okay? Mm-hmm. And obviously, uh, Mercury Records was nervous. I mean, the, 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 that's just too much money. So, um, the record, when it was released, immediately shot up the charts in England, but the momentum from Pyromania in the United States had faded a lot. Mm-hmm. And the new record was tanking. Their first so single hysteria was tanking. Yeah, hysteria was tanking in the United States. First, hmm. first single was women, and people were just like, "What the hell is that?" That didn't happen. Second single was animal. That was people were like, "What?" They wasn't getting any attention. They weren't getting spins. They weren't really playing it enough on it. Just wasn't catching on. Um, they were mm-hmm. playing on MTV, but it wasn't catching on. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. What happened to the Dan Reed Network was this record for Def Leppard had to win. And so in the time in the late 80s when records were fat with cash and making tons of money mm-hmm. and that was the heyday of the music industry, it was all hands on deck. All mm-hmm. the capital resources, all the human resources, all the relationship resources, everything went to getting that record out of the hole and making sure that the label didn't lose money on that. And that meant that everybody, all the new artists and all the baby bands and all the bands that weren't Def Leppard on Mercury Records, mm-hmm. uh, unless you were Bon Jovi, right? Mm-hmm. Or Cinderella, yeah. unless you were a hit act already, uh, you were ignored because they could not afford to give you the attention that they needed to give you. And so the dynamic, yeah, the third the third single was Hysteria, still dragging on and on and on. And um, at this point, um, it wasn't until Pour Some Sugar On Me was released that all of a sudden, then it Man. hit, all, all of a sudden America remembered, right? Like, oh, yeah. th- this is definitely, oh, right, you know? And they suffered a painful, slow death because of abandonment, you know? Um, so, Dan Reed Network suffered Dan a Edward painful, did. slow death. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that. Um, mm-hmm. The label couldn't and wouldn't afford to promote it correctly with all the hysteria from Hysteria. Plain there and simple. Go. So, somewhere along the line, um, the band, uh, apprehensively, Dan Reed Network, changed management companies to Q Prime with Peter Mensch and Cliff Bernstein. They, they, so they got rid of um, Bill Graham, and uh, who's like one of the first guys to believe in them. I, I believe these, this band to be loyal dudes, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm sure that was a big decision for them. But uh, Cuprine, ironically, started, that whole management company started with Def Leppard, okay? Hmm. And so, uh, you know, it was these guys obviously putting the pressure on the record label saying, hey, you know, keep coming out with the singles. We got to keep this going. Mm-hmm. We're going to make this happen. And I remember hearing, um, and this was, by the way, Q Prime is huge. I mean, they they managed Metallica, Queensryche, ACDC, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They're some major, major, major acts. And mm-hmm. I remember an interview with Peter Mensch talking about, finally, when Pour Some Sugar On Me came out. Like, they were selling a million copies a week. Wow. It was just boom, 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 boom. That was such a big hit. Mm. Um, So, Dan Reed Network finally gets on the road as an opener uh, on the last American leg of Def Leppard's Hysteria Tour. Mm -hmm. But it really wasn't until their second album was released and they toured with uh, the Rolling Stones over in Europe that they blew up. 
over there. Hmm. Over there, right. And not over here, you know. So they're still out there doing it today. They never caught on in America. And it was largely due to a circumstance that revolved around the marketing of the debut record. And, you know, pick any iconic record. Like, that's a big, I mean, that record sold something like 20 million copies. Hysteria did, right? Um, yeah. How about Fleetwood Mac's Rumors? How about um, Hotel California from the Eagles? Mm-hmm. How about... Uh, you know, and get, throw in some country records, right? I probably like. Uh, how about how about Shania Twain's big records that Mutt Lang produced, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like when you or or or, um, or the Dixie Chicks or or uh, or well, pop act Thriller. Thrill, yeah. Whenever that happens, I promise you, there's there's like twenty bands or more on that record label who just got screwed because that was so big and all the money had to go to that that they just didn't get the attention that they needed. And guys, this was when they were making money. <laughs> this is they didn't when all they were have making to make money. money. Yeah, the bigger band yeah. with the bigger budget and the bigger fires to put out is going to get all the attention at the big label, while the promising baby bands with all the talent in the world and all the potential are going to suffer. Now, take that story, because that hasn't changed. That dynamic mm-hmm. hasn't changed in today's world. But what has changed in today's world? Everything else. Yeah. Record labels don't have any money. Mm-hmm. They don't have that kind of cash. So, so you know, we talked about, we talked uh, about sort of um, Granger Smith being the messiah of what I believe the music industry is, the new music industry is. I see the writing on the wall. Artists are going to figure out because there's going to be somebody else that does it after him. That, and and, mm-hmm. and what, what did Granger Smith do? In one sentence, he created a huge empire from his laptop as an independent artist that was so sexy that the record labels were wanting to sign him for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And he kept saying, no, 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 because he didn't need them until it was time for him to get a number one. And in order to get a number one on P1 Radio, he was going to need the record label to do that because they mm-hmm. that. And, and so then he made the deal. Well, I can promise you, and I don't have inside information on this but I, I, I mean Granger Smith is no dummy and neither is mm-hmm. his team like that's a there's four I, the four people on the team I know one of them personally smart people they put that whole thing together I, there's no way that they didn't have and this is an opinion okay to be clear there's no way they didn't have some kind of performance based clause in that contract yeah like you get me a number one or I walk across the street and I owe you nothing because mm-hmm. you don't get to tell me why it didn't work because it's working Right, exactly. <laughs> For me already. Yeah. If, That's if this why. doesn't work, it's because of you. That's right. <laughs> and this right. is so. Why wouldn't you want to, as an artist? For everybody listening to me out there, why wouldn't you want to? Why would you want to be signed before you've crafted some leverage to apply to the deal? Mm-hmm. Why is that a goal of yours? It's a bad goal. You know, you have the power to construct your own leverage today and create your own destiny. Okay, and you can do what the Dan Reed Network couldn't do. You can define your audience. You can target that audience easily for free from your social media accounts. You can connect with that audience for free from the social mm-hmm. media accounts. Before you couldn't do that. You had to hire PR companies. You had to go out on tour. You had to do all these things that you to bring your talent into their town. But now you can sit in front of your iPhone, which you all mm-hmm. have, mm-hmm. And, and play on YouTube. And blow people's minds, you know? And you can get, you can capture the contact information for your audience and grow them and begin that relationship. And you guess what you're going to learn? What works and what doesn't work? 
And so mm-hmm. when the big guys do come in and say, man, you're the best, Brent, we want to sign you. You know, and you're going to be like, well, here's how this is going to look. <laughs> right. Okay. And, and, and when they say, we got this great idea, we think you should put on a clown outfit with the horn, you know, and the big shoes. Right. And, and we're going to put you in a video. And you're like, no, that's not going to work. Because I know my people and my people expect this, that, and the other for me. Exactly. And this is not brain surgery. Okay. You and I were talking before the podcast. I have, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to, to my intern, Lexi. Uh, Lexi, uh, the other night was in the studio with me. Uh, we were doing some background vocals for a Canadian artist that I did. I produced a couple tracks on, and we needed some. Uh, we had a bunch of people in the studio. We had a little party going on because we needed a party mm-hmm. vibe to record that party bar kind of scene thing, and, yeah. and do some shout vocals. And um, and we're in there, and she tells me afterwards, she's like, "I got to tell you something." And I said, "What?" And she said, "I." I went and she's sharp, right? And this this makes my day when my interns like not only like come and deliver because I all my interns deliver, but when they actually mm-hmm. apply what they're learning to something that they're doing themselves. That's and, awesome. And, and yeah. she's like, I, I did this hair and makeup uh, thing on YouTube, and she goes, I didn't want to tell you until I hit a thousand, but I got a thousand subscribers just doing mm-hmm. exactly what you told me to do. And I'm like, I'm so proud of you. She's like, I'm so proud of me too. And she goes, there's only a thousand. And I'm like, that is huge. Like it starts with a mm-hmm. thousand, you know? Right. And then it goes to 10,000 and then it goes to a hundred thousand. You just got to keep growing. If you can get a thousand, you can do that a hundred more times. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and she's like, I know. And that's one semester she is with me. You know, she's she, mm-hmm. not even a whole semester. She's not even done with it yet. So shout yeah. out to you, Lexi. I think that's amazing. But guys, this is just take ownership of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing I'm thinking about too is, okay, one, you're at the mercy. If you don't come in with stroke, you don't come in with your, your fan base and with some leverage, you're at the mercy of getting, you know, Def Leppard-ed, right? Yeah. And, or thrillered or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so then you're just, you're waiting in line and you, you're just waiting and you're atrophying, right? And you don't have the, the leverage. The other thing is you not having the record come out you're not making any money either. Yeah. Right. Maybe they gave you an advance, but you're sitting there with nothing happening. How are you going to go make a living? You got to go wait tables while you're waiting for your record deal mm-hmm. to start kicking in again. Well, if you got a bunch of fans out there, there's your cash machine. Yeah. There's how you can go and do what you want to do and wait and not have to wait on your label. Well, I can't put any shows together. I can't do this. And I don't have any fans. Well, you know, you got fans. You can do, Shoot, you can do stage at shows, sell yeah. tickets, or yeah. you can go out and play shows and sell tickets because you got the people there that already like what you do and you can go reach them. It's like, all right, well, let me know when whatever's big record it's done and I'm going to go play shows and I at least I make a living. Yeah. And and so it gives you some definitely a lot more empowerment. A lot and more it, ways and even, if you do, even if you're not like, okay, so we talk about making a living, right? And that's a big goal. But it starts with, and this is what I did with Daredevil. It starts with making the first dollar, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, then, and, then, and then you're like, okay. And then, so for Daredevil, for like four years, Daredevil grew at this astounding percentage rate, right? Like, you know, three, four hundred percent. Like every mm-hmm. year we made way more than we did the first year. But the first year we made 1300 bucks in marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not enough to do anything for anybody at any time, anywhere, not a living. Right? right. And so if I did that 400%, that the next year we made like four or five grand. And if I did that mm-hmm. 400%, it was like 20 grand. Still three years in now, 20 grand. 
getting close, yeah. but you know, that's brutal, right? Yeah. And then and just so so understand this is a business, understand the percentages and just t- take every win and be like, okay, we did that, we can do it again now, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is what I want. It's a slow process and put it together. But people, if you want a manager, bring them an audience. Bring them something mm-hmm. to manage. You'll get what you want. You want a booking agent. Bring them an audience. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get what you want. You want a record label? Believe me, everybody's going to come looking for you. When you start making, when you start becoming discoverable and, mm-hmm. and you start making a dent in the universe and stop relying on everybody else. That's just an excuse not to work. It's just an excuse not to think for yourself and not to do it. Okay. I suck at technology. I hate this back end crap, but I do it. I'm better at it now than I was two years ago because I've had to learn to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's, it's what we do. And, and um, it's never, it's just never been easier for you to be able to accomplish that and to collect. Uh, if you're playing live shows, you know, then you, every time that you are up on stage, I don't care if it's in front of five people and you're not collecting contact data, it's a wasted opportunity. You know, if you're not expanding your social media to reach new people every day, as opposed to just putting out content for the people who currently follow you, mm-hmm. it's a wasted day. It's one more day that you wasted. The new music business is all about artists with audiences. Record labels are not developing talent they are acquisition based entities that's fancy mumbo jumbo language for they're buying small businesses Mm -hmm. and if you don't have a small business they ain't gonna buy you i don't care how talented you are all right so i'm generalizing but you're just not going to get signed on talent alone and i have some artists quite frankly that have worked with me in the past i got a couple of them that are about ready that are, are have a lot of really big people hustling for them to get them deals, mm-hmm. and and they're and and my biggest fear is that the record labels are going to say yes because they don't have audiences yet. Mm-hmm. What happens? What happens when the next Ranger Smith comes along or the next Def Leppard happens, and you're like on that label and you're you're shelved, you know? So bands like. Dan Reed Network didn't have this kind of power because they didn't know who their audience was and they couldn't reach them outside of radio. But you can. You can do it. Hallelujah. And and you've already got everything you need on your phone right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's nothing that you need. You just need to learn and you need to play in the sandbox, okay? And uh, I trust me, you you get that audience up and and you're going to get... You're gonna. The more audience you have, the more leverage you're gonna create. You're gonna open up cash registers that you didn't even know existed. You're gonna be like, we can get paid for that. There's new technologies that are coming out. We've talked about the iDiddy card in the past. We've talked about freeform development. These companies are based on permission marketing. On based the 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 the, the artists that are going to be able to uh, exploit these technologies to their benefit are gonna be. Artists with audiences, mm-hmm. period, in a story, you know? So go out and find it. And that's all I got to say about that. Excellent. And you want to bring leverage that way, the next pour some sugar on me won't pour some cold water on your career. Yeah, man. 
There you yeah, go. you want to come in with that whole thing like, you know what, here's what's going to have to happen if I'm going to sign with you. Instead of having your hat mm-hmm. in your hand and waiting for that, you want them calling you and then you have to, I mean, ultimately at Daredevil, my big, my biggest wish for all my artists is that when that day comes, when they get that phone call about mm-hmm. that big deal, that they're conflicted about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to be scratching that like, man, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm what not can sure. they do for me? I don't know. <laughs> I want them to think like that because that, by the way, just that energy right there means power, you know, it's mm-hmm. more power. The ability to walk away. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Say no. So, uh, well, hey guys, that's not all. Uh, if you're new to the podcast and you haven't, uh, you're not aware, I've, I've got a best-selling Twitter book. You can get it for free. It teaches you. It's a tour through the through the app. It's it's one on one. Listen, forget about Twitter. The code that I give you to crack Twitter is the same for Instagram, and it's the same for uh, it's the same for a lot of social media platforms. So, uh, but I'll teach you how to get a thousand new followers every single month, spending about fifteen minutes a day. So it's completely doable within your busy schedule, and it doesn't cost you anything. It's giftfromjohnny.com. J O H N N Y. Giftfromjohnny.com. Just click on that button. Tell me where to send it. We'll get it out to you right away and start doing what Lexi did. I mean, I got an intern. She's she's got she's got a bigger audience than a, a lot some major label artists right now. Not that's no joke. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they don't have any money. So you know, I, yeah. I I remember I was writing with a guy that had a major record label deal. And this was some years ago, before all this really blew up. But still, I was going during research, wanted to know what was going on with the song I had, hopefully, on his record. Couldn't find him on, didn't have a website, yeah. didn't have, you know, I was like, oh, this is not, even then, this was like, you know, 10, 15 years ago or something, you know, going, oh, this is not a good sign. <laughs> this is not a good sign. He's on a label and no presence. Yeah, now you got your record label. Hey, congratulations! That and two dollars and fifty cents going to get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks, yeah. and and the guy that's on the label probably going to be the one serving you the coffee. You know, not for nothing. So, you want to be in the driver's seat, and you get to be in the driver's seat if you just take ownership of it. So, anyway, guys, uh, again, this podcast exists because we want you to win. We want you to learn how to do this for yourself, and uh, and we want you to keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Points.